to be with you, and I truly mean it when I say that you are definitely one of the highlights of my week. I truly love being your pastor, and I love you very much. Well, today's second reading uh, comes from the book of Philemon, which is a very small book. Uh, actually, it's a personal letter. It's a personal letter that comes from Paul to, guess who? Philemon, right? Okay. Uh, there, you know, Paul wrote different kinds of letters. He would, some letters were to a specific church, some letters were to a region of churches, and then some were personal letters like this. We also have not only the letter to Philemon, but we also have Paul's letters in the Holy Canon of Scripture that are to Titus, and then he actually wrote two letters to Timothy that we have. But this is a very important letter that he is uh, sending along to Philemon with Onesimus. Onesimus, the one he's writing about, is also going with him, which uh, will be there to deliver the letter. But uh, in, uh, Paul and uh, Philemon had this mutual friend, and his name was Onesimus. And they, they, everybody knew each other well. But one thing that you learn as you read the body of the letter, although it's not a big letter, we learned that Onesimus was feeling bad about what he had done to Philemon. See, what he did was he abandoned him. He abandoned him at a time of need, and, he, and Onesimus fled into Rome to, to go and to see Paul. So he was having a hard time forgiving himself is basically what he was doing. He knows he had done something wrong, and he was trying to forgive himself. Can you think of something? Right now, I want you to think of something that you uh, have had a hard time forgiving yourself of. Can you think of anything? Just one, not a, not a bunch. Uh, we all have a bunch of them, don't we? But I want you to, I want you to think about one you know, as we go through this, as we go through this story. Because what I want us to do is look at how that we can forgive ourselves. How do you forgive yourself? And we all need to do that. And Onesimus is a great example of us, of that. We can, uh, most of us can relate, I would think that we could, to the difficulty of uh, forgiving oneself, especially when the offense is a major one, what you might call a major one, something like if you're a student cheating on a test, that might be one, or throwing a friend under the bus, having an affair, uh, losing your patience and exploding all over the place with somebody else. Another one's viewing pornography. Uh, these are some things that we have a hard time forgiving ourselves of. Why is that? Well, it's because we're good people. We're, you know, we're essentially and basically good people. We love the Lord, we love people, and we want to do what's right. So when we don't, well, we feel it. We feel it. But uh, that's what reconciliation, that's what all the things that the Lord's grace he has given us in order that we don't have to beat ourselves up. You know, there are some people that go through their entire life based upon what something did, what they did years ago, and they continue to beat themselves up over that. Is that what the Lord wants? No, absolutely not. Does he, want, does he want you to live a life of, no, he doesn't want you to live a life of misery. He wants you to live a life of encouragement, of being positive in life. And so 
what I want us to do now, if you've got the, got the one thing in your mind that you have a hard time forgiving yourself of, I want us to look at some ways that we can forgive ourselves. The first one, and I've already hinted at it, is that God is always moving you towards reconciliation. To be reconciled with yourself, to be reconciled with others, to be reconciled with God himself. Remember, God is, we call God the author of life. Isn't that what he's called? He's called the author of life, not the author of torment, is he? No, that's not who God is. And uh, so he's the author of life when it comes to forgiving ourselves for past actions that we have done. And I think one of the great uh, passages in the scripture that speak and address to this matter comes from the book of Micah. Listen to this. Who is there like you, the God who removes guilt and pardons sin, who does not persist in anger forever, but delights rather in clemency, and will again have compassion on us? treading underfoot our guilt, casting into the depths of the sea all of our sins. Uh, here was a situation where an entire nation had fallen away from God, but God says, I'm going to reconcile myself to you and I'm going to bring myself back to you. The second thing we have to do if we want to forgive ourselves is refuse to listen to our accusers. Our accusers. Uh, and there's at least three types of them. I've, I've identified three, and there may be some more. Uh, these, are, these are those who make it hard for you to forgive yourself. Uh, they, they, they really do. And, and what the accuser does is they try to heap guilt and shame upon you, even though you have sought out reconciliation and you have done everything in your power in order to bring about reconciliation. Well, who are these three groups of accusers? The first one is people. People who will not let us forget the past, although we've done everything in our ability to bring about reconciliation. Um, you might, uh, I guess you could say they keep throwing it in our face. You ever have anybody do that to you? They just keep throwing it in your face year after year after year, uh, trying to trying to get you in order to just control you. I mean, that's basically what it is. See, uh, what you have to remember is this. Uh, the issues are not always yours. You know, you can only do so much. Uh, here's, a, here's a good example. This is good. And married couples probably have one of the hardest time with it. And as I was thinking about it, now that I'm in my 60s, older you get because there's more, more ground that you've covered. Too. But uh, listen to this. Does this sound familiar to anybody? I'm never going to let you forget that you hurt me. But honey, the husband says, I ask you to forgive me, and I haven't done, done this for over 50 years now. You know, some people just can't forget. This would be 50 years in the past. I can't forget, you know. Just keep throwing it in my face, throwing it in my face. Uh, no, that's not good. That's not, that's not the Christ-like approach. But we're tempted when that happens to listen. We're tempted to listen to what they have to say. Why? Well, you're good people. 
you're essentially good people. Every one of you out here are, and you care about what people think. But remember, the unresolved issues are theirs and not yours. If you can just control your own life, you're doing pretty good in today's world. Don't try to control others and what, they, what it is that they're trying to do. But our first accuser is people. Our second accuser is what's called spiritual entities. Uh, we're reminded in the Bible of these spiritual entities. They're called Satan. Uh, they're called demons and those kinds of things. Uh, these are real, okay? Satan is real. Demons are real. We have no, if we have no problem believing in angels and Jesus and God, why would we not believe in that? Well, you know, it's not some kind of concept of evil. It's a reality. It's a living reality. And uh, as we think about when Jesus was wandering in the wilderness, Satan was, a temp was tempting him. And we even know that in the scriptures, one of the words that's used uh, to describe Satan is accuser. Accuser. Why does he want to accuse you? Why does anybody want to accuse you? Well, they want to make you feel bad. They want to rob you of the joy that you can have in your life. But here's what you do. Here's how you deal with it. And Jesus gave us, uh, it, you know, when he was wandering in the wilderness, he gave us the perfect response. Here's what you do. Don't give them a foothold. You know, that's not easy, but that's what you do. Don't give them a foothold. What did he, every time Satan came at Jesus, what did he do? He retorted, didn't he? And what it says is Satan had to leave. He couldn't catch him. He couldn't get Jesus where he wanted him to be. And uh, that's what we have to do. Don't let these things give a foothold, get a foothold in your life. If you do that, they don't have a chance of making you feel miserable. The third accuser, which gives us probably the most trouble, and the one you probably thought, already thought about when you think about three, is ourselves. Once again, why do we do that? Well, we do that because we're good people, you know, it, uh, it, you know, it, you have a conscience about it, and, you, and you, you feel bad when you hurt somebody. I mean, you know, we're not, we don't enjoy doing those kinds of things, and what can happen is we can be very hard on ourselves, and it doesn't take much, uh, it doesn't take much to sort of, for those memories to trigger back in. It could be something, something happened to me the other day I, I smelled something and it brought me right back to that situation you ever done that or see something or hear something it's just like man I'm in the moment you know uh, there it is and so uh, you know we have to realize it's easy for those things to happen but when those things happen remember what St. John Chrysostom said he said this Jesus obliterated your sins have you ever obliterated anything? Well, let me tell you, when you do, it's shattered into a million pieces, and there's no way that you can find it. So maybe St. John Chrysostom was uh, pretty smart. See, Jesus obliterated your sins. So what's that thing that you're holding on today? You know, I ask you to pull one, hold one, okay? Obliterate it, all right? Obliterate it this morning. Blow it out of the water, so to speak. Obliterate it. Don't carry that with you. You know, 
shattered into a million pieces to never be found again. Third thing, listen to your encouragers. Um, you know, we have a tendency to listen to our accusers more than our encouragers. I, it, it, I do this. I hate to say it, but I do. Uh, ten people can tell me that I'm doing something good, and one can tell me I'm doing something bad. Guess which one I focus on? The one. You know? Why do I do that? Well, I think because I'm a good person. I think I'm a decent person. Let's at least that. You know, I want people to think good of me. I want to be a good Christian, a good example. Uh, but uh, sometimes that's just not possible. Oil and water don't mix. You know, that's, there's that old saying that goes like that. Uh, and, I, and so I think about, you know, Onesimus, he had some great encouragers. Paul, I mean, you heard, as uh, Tyler was reading this morning, what, what he had to say uh, about Onesimus and how he bragged on How would you feel if somebody encouraged you like that? Listen to some of the words, faithful and dear brother, son, my very heart, very dear to me, charge any damages he has done to me. That encourages you, doesn't it? You think that made him, Onesimus, feel better? Well, absolutely it did. See, you have to remember this. There's a lot of people in your corner. There's a whole lot of people in your corner. You need to listen to your encouragers at least as much as the ones who don't like you. The fourth thing is this, and the final thing, don't second guess yourself. This is another one that all of us have done, and it goes like this. Well, if I'd only done it this way, then it wouldn't have turned out. You know, if I'd only did it differently, it wouldn't be like it was. Well, let's that's maybe true. Maybe that is true, and maybe it's not true. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Why? Because you don't live in the past. You don't live in the past. You live in the now, don't you? You live in the present. You live in the time that uh, we live today. And I think that's, you can't undo something that's been done. What you have to do is you have to go forward. Go forward in life. That's what you have to do. That was one of the great messages of the saints. Move forward. Go forward. Uh, because that's where God is. God is right there. And that's so important. A couple of thoughts for you to reflection this morning. First of all, if God has forgiven you of your past, you have no right. You have no right to continue clinging to it. What do you think of that? You know, today's gospel reading sort of ramps, Jesus ramps things up, doesn't he, about the, the cost of discipleship and all of that. Uh, you know, but he, he makes specific, I mean, when he's talking in other places, that to, to be a real disciple means you have to forgive others. Doesn't he say that? Well, how about forgiving yourself? You think that's, har that's harder to do sometimes, isn't it, than to forgive others, to forgive yourself? Well, he's asking you to do that if you're following him as one of his disciples. The second thing is this, don't be an accuser. You know, we can be accused and we can be an accuser, can't we? Uh, and it's, it's so unhealthy when you accuse people of things. You know, it's so unhealthy, it's so unnecessary, it's un so unchristlike for everybody that's involved. And remember this, 
I think this is very important because Jesus said a lot of things, but he also said this. You will be judged according to the measure that you judge others. Ooh, why do you have to say that? God bless all of you. I love you. <laughs>